0: Hello, Taryn. How's it going? Pretty good. I it's just a a good old fashioned day. So Mm. (laughs) just a solid day. Just it's a solid day. What about you? How's your day been? Um, it's been pretty good.
1: I um took some more Nyquil last night because I've been sick for a few days. I took Thursday and Friday off of work which felt a little crazy because I never, uh, it's not that I don't think I should take off work, but as a teacher, sometimes
0: it's just so hard.
1: Yeah. It's, it's sometimes more stressful to take a day off than it is to just suck it up and go into work for a day. Yeah. But luckily I have some good subs that I trust to be nice to my children. And so I took Thursday and Friday off. And so last night I took, Probably the last night I'll take NyQuil, and I was out for a solid amount of time, so I don't know exactly what time I woke up, but I woke up late, and then I did our budget. And since nice. July, I had three paychecks. I got to put a nice little chunk in savings, so that was pretty fun. Um, and then I went to the gym and showered, and now I'm here. I just ate some toast. That was my lunch. Feeling wow. great.
0: Wow. <laughs> you you give much more details about your day than mine.
1: It's because I haven't really talked to anybody other than Andrew today. So oh, that's fair. That's if you fair. if you had asked me maybe later today after I had seen people, I probably wouldn't have been as descriptive. But there's every detail of my day. And also I apologize for any sniffling that I can't mute my microphone for. But that, I'm here. Yeah.
0: You're I've here. And sick, that is and I'm here. Impressive in and of itself. Wow, thanks. <laughs> so um one bummer today. So it's Saturday, which is usually the day that I get to like sleep in, you know, chill in the mm-hmm. morning. Um last night my younger brother called me and was like, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow morning? And I was like, nothing, why? And he's like, Will you take me to the airport? I have to be there at 8 a.m. Oh, Declan. So, it was it was just the pro airport, so it wasn't a big deal. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I go drop him off. On my way back, I went to Einstein's and brought lunch or breakfast back for Coleman and I. So that was fun. And then I find out his flight got cancelled. And so I called him and I was like, what the heck? You didn't call me. How did you get home? He's like, Oh, I gotta ride home with some strangers. And I was like, no no we don't do that (laughs) and so i was like okay and he's like but now i need someone to take me to the salt lake airport tonight can you take me and i was like sure deck where is he going (laughs) he's going to california to visit his girlfriend so yeah and so then i was talking to my mom and dad and i was like Declan is riding with strangers like it was a cute family that he was sitting next to on the plane for a while, so it's not like they were weirdos, and I was like, those are not the details he gave me. All he told me was he caught a ride home with the stranger, so <laughs> it could have been anybody. I was like, I don't know. I mean he's he's like six four six, five like he could
1: protect himself pretty
0: yeah, he's pretty i there's not many people but in the world do, that could you don't harm have harmed Declan put
1: yourself... In situations where you would have to defend yourself. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he he was cracking me up a little bit. I was like, why would you phrase it that way? (laughs) But yeah, so I'm taking to the airport again tonight.
1: You're so nice. You'd be like, you know, sorry, you used your your ride to the airport (laughs) ticket for the day.
0: I don't don't know. I, Declan doesn't ask me for much, so I don't a have a problem point. kicking him. And I actually am one of those weirdos that finds driving like pretty relaxing most of the time. Not all of the time, but most of the time, I don't mind like chilling in a car, listening to music, talking, playing I an audiobook.
1: It depends so, on who's in the car with me.
0: Yes. But I was like, yeah, I don't mind doing that, so... Chelsea, can I tell
1: you the most exciting
0: part of my week? I would absolutely love to hear that.
1: And I was—we received a—I received a message from a friend saying, "I am shocked that you haven't talked about this over the last few weeks."
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Louie season three (laughs) is available on Disney Plus. (laughs) Um.
0: Okay, do you want to hear a funny story? Yes. Okay. First of all. This isn't the story. You know, my boss, Justin. Have I told you that he teases me for watching Bluey? Mm-hmm. His son got into Bluey. So <laughs> now Justin <laughs> to watch Bluey. And it makes me so happy. And so we had, like, he teamsed me. Like, sent me a message. During work, it was like, so is Bluey a boy or a girl? And I was like, definitely a girl. And he was like, how do you know that? I was like, because they call her a girl? Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um anyway, so I have this coworker. He's he's in like the IT department and he's, you know, mid-40s. He's got a couple sons my age. So he's basically like my dad's age. No kids at home. And he walked up to me and he was like, Have you seen season three yet? And I was like, no way. what? <laughs> it's like, "Oh, do you watch Bluey?" And he's like, "Yeah, man. Fully grown man. Watch it by myself. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but I've seen every episode." <laughs> it's like, "Oh." And then he went he like proceeded to spend the next like probably 15 minutes telling me all of his favorite episodes oh in season gosh. 2 and season 3. I love him. <laughs> so, I'm like, there's specific episodes that I know to look out for. In season three. And I'm very excited.
1: Here's the thing. If you don't like Bluey. It's okay. But I will 100% judge you. For not liking Bluey. (laughs) Like I will question. Your sanity just a little bit. Because I've talked to some people. That are like it's really not that good. It's a kids show. I'm like okay. If you're being a movie critic about it. Of course there's something. Yeah it's an eight minute. Not even eight minute like kids show. Of course, this is you're not going to have philosophical discussions about every every episode, but it's freaking amazing and it makes me happy.
0: But also, some episodes you and do have philosophical
1: episodes. <laughs> you can have philosophical <laughs> conversations
0: about. Like some of them are pretty deep. And also, here's the thing: I feel like it's just a high quality children's show. Like I feel like recent years, it's been hard to find kids shows that are not stupid.
1: My nephew is watching. Cocoa- my kids days. will
0: never watch Coco Melon. I can't It's do it, disturbing. Guys. It's so creepy. Why would you not want your kids to watch a cute, uplifting little dog family learn life lessons together? Why to would you nice, not want and learn that? How to
1: share and go to the park and have their parents actually do stuff with the kids.
0: Yep. Come on. Come on, people.
1: The only like I hate Bluey that I will understand is if you are a parent that are like it sets such high expectations I can't do it. That's a, that's that's fine I'll allow that. But you can't say that you actually hate Bluey because it's a beautiful show and I listen to the soundtrack all the time and it just mm-hmm. makes me happy.
0: Yep, that's nothing all. will lift my spirits more than the Bluey theme song.
1: Yep, and I do the dance and I I get it. <laughs> anyway that was my really really exciting Paige messaged me on tiktok she's like you haven't even talked about bluey in the last couple episodes I'm like i will
0: this. i apologize <laughs> Paige, keeping us keeping us true yeah. to our our values here <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> really keeping our priorities straight well chelsea my dear friend what book are we reviewing this week
0: this week, we are reviewing *The Forgotten Garden* by Kate Morton. It is a four point one four on Goodreads, and it is a historical fiction mystery. It's a pretty accurate thing. description. Yeah, yeah, historical fiction mystery, cross generational, good time, sad good time. time. <laughs> it's not really a good time. It's a it sad time. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> actually. <This book. laughs> My mom
1: has, I wish I could go back in the text messages, I'm sure she has it like saved on her Goodreads of when she read it, but my mom has been harassing me about this book for probably over a year, if we're being realistic.
0: It it, it has been, because it was one of the first books when we were first planning on doing a podcast. So it's been over a year.
1: Oh wow, sorry mom. Uh, (laughs) Um... Anyway, so she's been harassing me about it, and every month that goes by that I don't read it, she's like, have you read The Forgotten Garden yet? Have you read The Forgotten Garden yet? Have you read The Forgotten Garden yet? And I'm like, mom, I did it. (laughs) I did it. (laughs) She called me, and we talked about it the other day. I felt like a good child.
0: You are a good child. I made my mom
1: proud. So proud. So proud. Mother, if any of our opinions or critiques do not match yours, I hope that you will still love me.
0: Please forgive because I me, Jessica. Know,
1: because I know that Chelsea didn't like this.
0: <laughs> no, okay. No, no, no,
1: no. Hold okay, t- hold. rewind. Up. I know that neither Chelsea and I loved it as much as my yes. mom did. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to immediately throw you under the bus, Chelsea. <laughs> Because I'll say up front, overall, it's a solid 3.8 for me. Mm-hmm. What brings it down the most is pacing, which we will discuss. But Kate Morton did, she is a beautiful, she has a beautiful writing mm-hmm. style. Like it's, the there's some really cool things that she included in the story like i'm really excited to talk about the fairy tales that are woven into the narrative yes there yes. are some really cool things really the only thing bringing it down for me is i felt like it was ten thousand pages long and there are reasons why i think that that i think there are things that played into that for me because we all know like if you read a book during a certain time and you're already in a reading slump. Sometimes it can, like, if I read it at a different time, it might have been, like, a solid four-star book for me. But bring it down just a little bit for for the pacing. But we'll yep. discuss it. And anybody can disagree with me. Mom, don't hate me.
0: Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Number one, plot. Um, Plot, I actually would give it five stars. If, it's a very sad honest.
1: five stars. Yeah, it's like a five. There's stars that are maybe a little blue. It's a five just blue stars, blue stars
0: <laughs> instead of yellow stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super engaging. So it's you know historical fiction romance. What I said, where you have like four generations basically yeah, it of goes this family, a lot. where. I, I don't even know how to say who the main character is. So Nell slash Nell, Cassandra so slash So Nell Marlo.
1: is 70-something years old and discovers that she doesn't truly know what her past is. And so she goes on this journey that is unfolded throughout the book, but it the most present... It's three different timelines. The most present timeline that takes place in 2005 is her, Nell's granddaughter, Cassandra, finishing this journey for her. Nell Mm -hmm. passes away before she's able to figure out everything, which is on the back of the book. I'm like 90% sure. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. That's not a huge spoiler. No. And so you, you kind of flash back and forth through these multiple timelines of Cassandra in 2005, her grandma in 1975. Something like that. And then Nell's... Family connections, like what would be like her parents' generation, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then it even goes occasionally beyond that to Nell's, like, grandparent generation, kind of. Because you get a couple from like Adeline and Oh, yes. So it'd be Cassandra's great great grandparents and Nell's. A lot
1: of people grandparents. (laughs) There's
0: there's a lot of people. It's super cross. Like, several, several generations. Um, and that would be, if I was going to ding the plot on anything, it would be keeping all of the plot lines straight. Because it does get a tad confusing. By the end, I was totally chill. Like it was like, Sandra, I was like, I know exactly who we're talking about. They were like, Adeline, I know exactly who we're talking about. Um, but early on, the jumping back and forth was really hard. And my biggest frustration is it's either, like, the first or second chapter is from, like, a different random character's perspective that never comes back. And I was like, why would you do that to me so early on where I think that he's going to be, like, irrelevant?
1: He is an important part, though. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: But you but think also, he's going to be like,
1: yes, I understand.
0: He's not the storyteller. Like, you yes. have two or three chapters from him at the beginning, and then nothing for the rest of the book. Yeah. And so I was like, oh. He's just a very small part of it. Anyway.
1: But the story in and of itself, if we're just super talking about the plot.
0: It was super interesting Very plot.
1: interesting. It was beautifully written. I There were... Anyway, I don't even know how to properly express my thoughts. But
0: it was a unique book. Mm-hmm. This is unlike any book I've ever read before, personally. But I also don't read hardly any ever historical you fiction. You are such so...
1: a for reading all of the books that I've thrown at you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I stuck it out. It took me a while. It took me a good while to get through this book. But... It was good. I really, I really enjoyed the plot and the story. So overall, I would say plot is like four and a half, five stars for me. Same. I agree. Okay. Character development, Taryn.
1: I'm also going to give this one a solid four or four and a half. If we're just purely focusing on... I'll call them our three main characters of Eliza, Nell, and Cassandra. I do think that there was a lot of development between each of them. Like, we get to see all of them start as children at some point. We get glimpses into their childhood. Childhoods? Plural. And then (laughs) we get to see how they are by the end of the book. And I think it was... It was sad. It was there were parts that were difficult to read. Not like mostly just Eliza's story was really was really sad for me. Yeah, but I thought that they all grew and learned a lot, especially Cassandra. By the end of the book,
0: I I would agree. It's probably in the four four and four and a half range for character development overall. Pretty good. Um, world building. Um, I. I would give it a five stars, five honestly. Stars. Like, I, the garden, the man, like, all of it, I've, I'm i there. I'm there, especially and I want with, to visit. Especially with
1: how much it jumps around, being able to keep all of the places in order in my mind, that's pretty impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. And yes, I would but, like to go see this garden. I want to see the and garden. And the cottage, maze. and the maze, and... oh, The ocean. I think that she has a really good job painting a picture of physically what the world was like, emotionally what the world was like. I just, I thought it was super, super well done. Kate Morton is a phenomenal writer and there were definitely, like, some very, like, haunting passages. Mm -hmm. Especially when, when they describe, like, life at Blackhurst Manor. I was like, ooh, Ooh, man! Not a place I would ever want to be. Like physically, I would love to be there. Well, yes. emotionally, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't want to live there with those people. I mean, yes, the, yes. The land sounds great, but Garden's the actual, beautiful. yeah, mm. yes, fair, hundred percent fair. Lots of mean people.
0: <laughs> lots, lots of crazy, crazy crap goes down in this yeah. book.
1: Okay, pacing.
0: Oh, Jessica! Are we don't just hate bad. Me. Are we just bad at reading adult books, Chelsea? It's that is entirely possible.
1: <laughs> so, Cassandra lives. We start our journey in Australia, and then we move to London, or it, or we move to England. We're somewhere in England. Mm-hmm. When the story really, everybody was in England. That's when it picked up for me, but that wasn't until a third of
0: the way through the book. Even then, I really don't want your mom to hate me, but I'm gonna say for pacing, it was like a two out of five. Barely.
1: (laughs) I just feel like it could have been a hundred pages shorter and I would have loved it. I don't know why it just felt like it took so long. And it's not that it wasn't like beautifully written the entire time. I just feel like when I knew where the story was going, I was like, can we get there? Can we just get there? Like, I don't need to hear about any more antiques. I get it. I get their struggle. Can we please move
0: on? I think the thing that was hard for me is that I feel like there was a lot of buildup to some of these reveals. That it was so built up that it there wasn't like a moment. You know, it was very obvious where it was going because you spent so long slowly walking the trail that, like, eventually you're like, this can only go one way. And yet there were a couple of, like, side plots that I didn't feel like were fully explored. never were acknowledged. And I have feelings. Like, you
1: already know which one I'm specifically referring to and I talked to my mom about it. But, like... We never acknowledged it. And I'm like, hold up.
0: Hold there's, up. There's a couple. We that out into the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then just never acknowledged it. So I just, I don't know. There's there's just a, like a weird pacing dynamic of, I felt like there was too, it was a little too slow on this main mystery. And I feel like she could have delved a little bit more in these side mysteries to help feed the pacing a little bit more. Yeah,
1: I also think that if it had been 100 pages shorter and only two timelines, like really diving into two timelines,
0: mm-hmm. it would have felt a little
1: faster for me because the third one, and we can talk about this more in spoilers, I felt like the third one was unnecessary. Interesting. Yes. And and I have reasonings behind my opinion.
0: I could, I could see that. I could see that hundred mm-hmm. percent yeah overall i would say this is something it's a book that i definitely if you like historical fiction um and you like a little bit slower paced book highly recommend super mm-hmm. interesting it was a good book it was well written very engaging mystery it it just was a little slow for me it, if it if it was one that I was like, you know what, I'm not in a hurry to read this and I had could listen to like a chapter here and there over like a month or two or three like really just like casually listened, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. but my style of reading tends to be a little bit faster paced. and this was a hard book to read fast paced for me. I agree. Like, I wasn't going to sit down and read half of the book in one sitting. That was not going to happen. I agree.
1: I tried to do that and it didn't happen. But that's fine. But that's fine, too. Like, I think after our discussion, I'm settling down on a solid four for the book. I said, like, 3.8. We're going to give it that point, too. I'm not going to be obnoxious. Because really, like, the only thing was the pacing for me. And again, if I had read it at a different time, maybe it would have been... Maybe the pacing wouldn't have been a problem, like you were saying. But I also just think that sometimes it gets a little too much. And, like, it was all beautiful. I'm not saying that it wasn't amazing. But I didn't need some of the details. It, like, just distracted from where we were supposed to be going. And I was like, tell me. Tell me all the things. Let's go. Let's get there. Yeah. I want yeah. to I want to race to the finish line.
0: Yeah. I think overall, it's, I, I think I gave it a three on Goodreads. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I highly recommended it to my mom. I feel like this is very much a book that my mom would love. Or like Mm -hmm. my sister Kirsten would would love this book. It's just not my wheelhouse. And it was was a little too slow for my personal taste. But the story itself, phenomenal. So if that sounds interesting to you, go for it. If you're like, oh, I'm not a slow-paced person, it might be harder for you to get into. But
1: the audiobook was very good.
0: Yeah, and the audiobook narrator, because she it's set in Australia, and England, she did the accents. She was really good. I was very, very impressed with her. I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. If you do do the audiobook, it's well done. Two thumbs up. Because there's some audiobooks that are not well done, and this is oh not gosh. that situation. <laughs> I just tried to listen to one the other day, and I was like, nope,
1: no, nope, no, not happening. Okay, Mom? I hope that you are okay with it. I mean, you'll be fine with my rating. I gave it a four, but don't hate me. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it, but I was also a little sad. I was a little happy and relieved when I finished it. I was like, I did it.
0: Yes, I was. I was pretty proud of myself for finishing. Any time I finish a book that's not fantasy, though, I'm pretty proud of myself. So
1: <laughs> it's a pretty long
0: book too, though. It's 648 pages. Oh, that makes me feel better. In yeah, my head it was like, like 400 hard, pages yeah. and I was like, why did it take me so long to get through this? Like,
1: No, it it's not a short book. That makes that's me feel I'm a saying. lot better, actually. I could have given up 100 pages. But... What? I also have found, and we've discussed this too, I think, like, when I'm reading a fantasy book I expect it to be longer so maybe that's why, like, I can read a 500-page fantasy book and I'm like, okay, chill. But when I read a 500-page, like, Anything else? Book. I'm like, Wow, I did it. <laughs> that was a really long book. Then on the other hand, I've read like a thousand page history or, or fantasy book, and I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm so broken. Okay. Hey, okay, Chelsea, what should what should we? I think can I do it this week? Yeah, please do. Go, go for a, it. Go eat a pastry. Oh, any kind, but of not pastry. a pop tart. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Treat yourself.
0: Go get a, a real pastry. pastry.
1: I just think it fits the vibe of this book.
0: That's fair. That's fair pastry. A nice little bakery pastry. Yeah. I could could go for that. Or a whole cake. Whatever you want.
1: (laughs) Whatever makes your heart happy. All right.
0: (laughs) A whole cake.
1: That's what I want right now. That's what I really want right now. Andrew has decided that he doesn't want to eat any treats other than on Sundays. And as his wife, I'm expected to support him. And I'm still debating whether I will. But last night, all I wanted was a brownie. And I found this recipe online where you can make like a bowl brownie, where it's like just a single brownie in a bowl. And I made it last week and it was amazing. And I wanted to make it last night. And Andrew was like, but I know you're not going to eat all of it and I will eat the other half. And I'm like, but that's not my fault. He's like, also, you're that's sick like- and probably shouldn't be eating a bunch <laughs> of it. So I was like, I like that argument better, but I also still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's right. not important. Thanks for being here, guys. If you aren't already following us on Instagram, you should go do that at checked out and overdue. I've been terrible at posting because I've been sick. So I'm sorry. I haven't really wanted to get dressed up and do any reels um but i'll be better this week um we're also gonna do a giveaway very soon andrew reminded me of that this week he's like weren't you gonna do a giveaway and i was like oh my gosh we were gonna do a giveaway yep we even like picked I've, the books and everything we did i and i <laughs> bought wrapping paper for them so like we have all the stuff I just we got yeah pictures. we just need to do it <laughs> yeah but you guys are great thanks for being here if you don't want to listen for spoilers then this is goodbye. But if you're here for spoilers, then Chelsea, cue the alarm. Right. I would like to start off talking about Uncle Linus. Because he this is, so is creepy subplot that we never addressed and never finished. What was
0: that? And
1: I am disturbed.
0: So disturbed, Chelsea. creepy. So, creepy. so, Uncle
1: Linus, for those of you who didn't read the book, are not going to read the book, and here just for kicks and giggles, Uncle Linus is, if we're back into like the 190 something, 1913 or 07, something. Oh, seven? Like we're way back. Yeah. Yeah. So, Linus is Eliza's uncle. So, Eliza's mom uh, and Linus were like best friends. They were like inseparable to the point where Linus, like, is in love with his sister. Like that's um, the, the vibe you got, stalker
0: like, obsessed.
1: Obsessed in love and when Georgiana, Eliza's mom comes to him and says I'm going to run away with the sailor. I know the family I doesn't want love, me to, but, please help but I love me. him. He like cuts her. Like he like what is he like He's like, Does a he pen have like knife? a pen knife or something uh, on him? Yeah. And he like cuts her and she's like, what the crap? And he's like, you can't go anywhere. La, 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 la. So weird. So she leaves. He hires I'm like, a private hides in- from her. Yes. He hires a private investigator. We'll use Gosh. that term lightly. <laughs> and he kills Georgiana's husband. I'm sorry. And then he's relieved that he's dead. He's like, oh, now Georgiana will come running home to me. She doesn't come home. Shocking, right? No. She doesn't come home. (laughs) So weird. She has these twin kids. That's when we get Eliza and... Sammy. Sam. Sammy. Mm -hmm. And then she, she just dies and doesn't ever get to go home. So Eliza ends up getting found by the family, brought back to the family house, and... Uncle Linus is now obsessed
0: with Eliza because she looks like her mom and he's like taking pictures of her and following her around. But she like gets creepy vibes and so she's always running away and he's like, yeah. "Ooh, this fun game that we play." I was like, "Nope. Nope." No, no. Homegirls like 10 or 11, you need to back off.
1: Like, it's weird. It's and then so we just creepy. Never
0: never address, address it. it. Mm-mm.
1: Nope. It just I'm sorry, Kate. Call me. Please tell me in your what? mind, where was this going? Why is it here? And I thought it was gonna play a way more significant part in the plot. Cause like I when I to. found that out, and there was the whole I think it was just a misleading thing because of the comment of that one towns person that's like, Well, I was in love with Eliza, but one time I went over and I saw through her window something like was happening with a family member, and I was like, did Linus finally do something and he, like, went and attacked Eliza or something? No. That wasn't it. And we never figure out what, like, I I don't know. I don't know what I want to know, but I want to know something.
0: Well, and, like, it's just so poorly resolved, because after everything happens, Eliza dies. And... Yeah, we need to talk about it. Like, Like, cuts to the scene of from Adeline's perspective, and he was like, Where's the girl? And then at the end, you're like, Yeah. And then you find out that he just spent his fortune like traveling and dies. And I was like, What? 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 Also, blood poisoning from a rose prick killing Adeline. I'm
1: still confused by that. I
0: genuinely don't get it. Our. Are roses, can they give you blood poisoning? I'm going to Google it right now. Because they're like, oh, she died of blood poisoning. And I was like, oh, what happened? And then it was like, and as she was burying Eliza's corpse, she got pricked by a rose thorn and dies. And I'm like, what? What? Sporotrichosis
1: usually begins when mold spores are forced under the skin by a rose thorn or a sharp stick. Although wow. the infection can begin in apparently unbroken skin after contact with hay or moss carrying the mold. More rarely, cats or armadillos can transmit the disease. Wow. Rose thorns can deliver bacteria and fungi into your skin and cause infection. You guys, why are, th-
0: why are roses so scary? No idea. Why are they out here, like, killing people? But I guess that makes it a really good euphemism for rose. Because... I did not see that her her and Eliza's relationship going the way that it did. So I figured from
1: very early on in the book that Eliza was Nell's mom. Because there was too much of an emphasis on Eliza for For her not not to be be the mom. Yeah. So I, I figured early on. How we got from point A to point B though...
0: Was a roller Crazy. coaster. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear that at the beginning, during one of when Nell's a kid and she's hiding and she's talking to the authoress and she's like, Are you my mom? Doesn't the authoress say no? She might. I can't remember. That like, was so I, long ago. I feel maybe I'm wrong because I early on was like, Oh, maybe it's Eliza. But then it was like, a lot, You connect that Eliza's the authoress. And I was like, That's so confusing well, because.
1: At the beginning, I don't think she must have, she knew at that point, she hadn't lost her memory, so Ivory knew who she was, and she knew that that wasn't her mom, so why would she have
0: asked? That's true. What am I, th- so, at some I point she asks somebody, and someone's like, unfortunately no. Maybe she know. was asking
1: another question, and that's what you're thinking of. I don't know, Maybe.
0: but, but anyway. poor
1: girl. And to find out that, like, Eliza totally would have come back, but she just got kidnapped and then she leapt out of a moving carriage Carriage and and was run over and
0: died. That wasn't very satisfying for me. It was very, it was very disheartening. The most disheartening thing for me out of all of this is that Nell was never able to accept the loving family she had. I know, that was really sad. Like, her situation at Blackhurst... And with Eliza, like the whole thing was like super convoluted and messed up and like kind of depressing. And she had this beautiful family and these parents who loved her so much and like her sisters that wanted to get to know her. And she was just like, you're not my real family. I hate you. And I was just like, no, I'm, I'm all for like her wanting to f- find out the truth but uh, it was really sad to me that she never came around and accepted her adoptive family.
1: We never hear this conversation, but this is how I assume that conversation went down on her birthday that year that day that she finds yes. out. Yes. I think that her dad told her, "You are not like I found you and somebody tried to contact you, contact us to find you and I never told them where you were." Oh. something along those lines, because That's we true. find out later that he does receive a notice at the wharf that somebody's looking for this girl and he knows it's her he knows it's her, mm-hmm. but, instead, but he couldn't tell his wife, and so he just kept it hidden, so he just didn't tell anybody so i can I feel like there's a very different conversation between. Nell I'm so sorry but you're adopted we found you and nobody ever came to contact you so we just we kept you and you're ours and we love you versus we t- basic like we took you and I found out that your family was looking for you and I never told them where you were
0: yeah that would hurt that's a fair. lot more that's fair Still makes me sad, but that's fair. Oh, it still makes and- me sad, too. But her, <laughs> her
1: anger in that situation, I feel like, is more justified, considering that information being shared as well. Again, I'm making a few assumptions, but to me, it doesn't make sense that she'd just immediately get mad when she finds finds out that she's adopted. Like, mm-hmm. or not really properly adopted, but just found. but mapped like, kind that, of. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that doesn't make any sense, versus... Your family was looking for you, and I never told them because we love you. Like I would, yeah. be, I would be upset
0: in that situation. That's completely fair, and I'm glad. Like I am glad that she did eventually have Cassandra and that relationship, even you though that- the
1: sacrifice that she made,
0: mm-hmm. that she
1: gave up finding, and like she did make that choice, and she could have taken the girl, and still gone. Like, I'm sure she could have figured it out, but she chose to stay with Cassandra. But it's very fitting that Cassandra's the one that's going to go on to finish her story.
0: Yeah. And even, even like, some of the little details, like, her mom getting remarried and starting a new family and surprisingly being a great mom to somebody else, I was like, well, that's super depressing. Like... Yeah. And then her whole backstory that. with Nick and Leo was super sad. When I found that out, I was I was like, none of these characters can win.
1: No, nope. Oh, I was so I'm sad. I'm pretty sure I thought- this family's cursed. Yeah. I think something that, like, while it was frustrating in the moment, I feel like Kate Morton's reveals, in most cases, were not anything that I thought they were going to be. Like, the smaller yeah. ones. So, like, finding out about her husband and son being killed in a car crash I thought that they had just gotten divorced like I thought that their son had died and they got divorced and that's why she didn't want to talk about it but no they're both dead excuse me like there were just a lot of little things that came up that I was like wow that was really interesting the way that you showed that some of the bigger ones I'm like I don't know how you feel. Yeah, that's the
0: thing, because I feel like a lot of the little reveals were really interesting and fun and engaging. And then other ones, like, what was in the locket? Um, uh, Not the locket. The little box that she went back to get. Yeah. I I didn't feel like that. I did not get it. I don't get do why it was so Do not what was in? Do you, it was the
1: heirloom. It was, like, the little brooch that had all of the hairs from, like, generations in it.
0: That she talked right. about
1: earlier when she was a But kid. was
0: it really important to go back and get that?
1: I mean, it was a connection to her family that was long gone, and she didn't like any of her living family, and it was it was her turn to like take it and kind of move on. She how could I, she possibly have known that she was gonna get kidnapped?
0: In my head, when you're first introduced to it and she's talking, she's like thinking about her mom giving it to her and being like don't let the bad man ever get this. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. I just, I, I guess I thought it was going to be something. Well, more? if she
1: had gone and tried to sell it, people would have uh, like recognized there must have been like a a coat of arms or something on it that yeah. connected her to the family. So if she had gone to sell it.
0: That it makes would sense. have given them away. That makes sense. I I guess I interpreted it as don't let them have it. Like there was something secret in there that she didn't want them to know. But that makes a lot more sense. So I will let it go. <laughs>
1: but that like that part though when she goes and Mrs. Swindle, Mrs. Swindle, the worst.
0: what a nasty lady.
1: Worst. Don't like her. Anybody who's like mean to kids, why, why, why are we this way? Why are what what's wrong? Why are you doing this?
0: I I feel like too. The sad thing was, the Swindle's daughter, whose name I can't remember, Harriet, maybe, who mm-hmm. sent her the letter. Like Nell was so close, mm-hmm. to figuring out the entire truth, and. It was just, it was really sad. But I think you, because you saw it coming, like you're introduced to the Crone's eyes as Mm -hmm. this, this archetypal story pretty early on in the book. And I think that that did help a lot to manage expectations of where the story was going. And I just thought it was fun. I really liked having some of those random little fairy tales. Like it really... It brought the story to life in a very I different way.
1: Forgetting that Kate Morton also wrote those fairy tales, they felt so real. Mm-hmm. Like they felt like a, a fairy tale that I'm going to find in in my Grimm's fairy tale collection. I mean, they're honestly a little bit happier than some of those. But honestly, <laughs> I the golden egg, like the whole line about like, but why would a princess ever choose her maid? over her prince or something and I was like oh oh ah, no ah, that was so sad oh Oh, it was so good like I loved those fairy tales I thought they were so cool yeah
0: and it was super interesting too with um the caged bird because I felt like at different points in the story it applied to different people, and so it was just—it was super well, well handled, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think Rose's character arc was so sad. Was like of all of them, almost the most heartbreaking to me, mm-hmm. because I was like, "What are you doing?" Like she, she went, um, like almost mad, really. Like thinking back to our our video, your video that you yesterday. sent me, yeah. <laughs> um, Terrence sent me a video on like the madness arc and how to do it right and how to do it wrong, and it's I feel important. like she not that we're doing that not super important, yeah. but I <laughs> was thinking I was thinking about it because I was like, it it really follows that madness arc pretty closely. She became so paranoid
1: mm-hmm. by her own actions. And that's what was so crazy to me is like very little of it had to do with what other people were actually doing. She just created this entire world in her mind where everybody was out to get her. And it was really sad to watch because she did have a loving relationship, but because she in her mind was like, I am not fulfilling my purpose unless I have a child. It like she became so obsessed with that, with that concept that she couldn't find happiness anywhere else. And then it was heartbreaking when we find out that she wasn't even going to be able to have kids because of that one stupid doctor that oh did like an hour gosh. long X-ray. What the crap, are you doing, dude? I understand that also, they didn't understand the science.
0: But- Adeline is the worst and low key. I I when wish she that she. I was happy. Like I wish that she like was able to realize that it was her own fault that Rose couldn't have kids because Because of how paranoid she was too. Serves her right because Adeline was the worst, the, the worst character by far for me.
1: It was a little bit satisfying that she died from something as simple as a thorn.
0: While she was digging Eliza's grave.
1: She wasn't even the one digging it. She was standing there watching other people dig her grave. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, Like, freaking. I just it makes me happy because I think sometimes the villains, quote unquote villains in the stories, have these grandiose deaths. I love that she died from a simple thorn prick from Eliza's garden. And that
0: that is what Eliza's garden. She was the absolute worst. Her complete lack of emotion and care about her granddaughter was so disturbing i i i understand that like ivory was not biologically her child or her grandchild but also she was rose's child rose loved her mm-hmm. like a child like i think it's just super it was like her um, idea to do that in the first place too right like, what's wrong right? with you and then that weird interaction between Adeline and Linus were just like, she's not even of us. And Linus is like, she's of me. And I was like, "Mm -mm -mm -mm." (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Nope. (sighs) So freaking creepy.
1: Eliza was never able to be happy. She was spending, she did everything she could to make Rose happy. And no matter what she did, she even made this this huge sacrifice for her and knew that she would never be able to go back to her family did all of this for her. And she was still shunned and looked upon as if she was trash. And it's like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, Oh, it made me so mad.
0: I like, there's, there's one paragraph where she talks about how she felt used even more so than before and i was like honestly though i i don't know how the relationship got to this point cuz they used to actually really truly be best friends mm-hmm. but it's just so broken down and they're both they both just have so much trauma and oh the scene oh the scene the scene where eliza and nathaniel are talking and nathaniel's like I feel, and she's like, nope, can't go there. She's like, if if we go there, we can't come back. And I was just like, you are making so many sacrifices for Rose, and she does not deserve it. What she's asking of you is insane.
1: I can't imagine what would have actually happened if Nell's dad had actually given her up. Like, I don't want him to have given her up. Like, this life is better than it would have been if she had gone back.
0: Was it not Mary's family looking for her?
1: It said at the very beginning, it said there was a private investigator. And I'm assuming it's the
0: same one who killed her mom. Same (laughs) creepy, creepy man. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in my head, I thought it was Mary's family, but you're probably right. I could be wrong, though. I don't know for sure. I know that
1: there wasn't really another option for the end of Eliza's life at that point after she was taken There was no way that they were going to let her go. And honestly, her dying was probably better than whatever they had in store for her. But I also wish that that woman had had an ounce of joy in her life. Yeah. She had like a
0: really, really rough life. It was really disheartening.
1: But Cassandra gets to live on now and create a better legacy.
0: Is Cassandra the one that you think we didn't need that... that storyline.
1: I, and hear me out, I think that Nell's storyline, it got to a point where it was just like confirming things that were happening to Cassandra. Mm. I don't think that Nell going to London, I don't think that enough was shared in her experiences that could not have been shared through Cassandra.
0: Interesting. It's also the shortest one. Yeah, or her reading the diary. Like you could yes. have had mm-hmm. Cassandra reading the diary of now going to the library and
1: Or meeting these people and having them be like, Yeah, I met I met your grandma at this point. And instead of having like a vague, oh yeah, I met her, and then not actually saying what happened, and then going and doing the flashback and saying, This is what happened, they could have just told her. Yep. That's I under true. I understand that third that third timeline. It just for me it made it feel a little bit more convoluted and it was a little bit more confusing for me. But also, we've established that we're not real adults, so... Yeah, I, that's fair.
0: It's just hard because you have, you have Nell's perspective, Ka- um, Cass's perspective, Rose's perspective, Eliza's perspective, Adeline's perspective, Linus's perspective. Like, you, you get so many. And... It, it definitely was kind of frustrating for me at points.
1: It all came
0: together in the end, though. Like yes, I was it very
1: did. satisfied with the ending for the most part. Like I was sad, but I was excited about the prospects for Cassandra and what life held for her. Being able to actually go stay in that cottage and have some joy be there when there never and really was. Christian was and so Chris, cute. Man. Him him. promising
0: Nell to look after the garden while she's gone and then him helping. That was cute. I was like, okay, we're finally like we're ending this like four generations of tragedy on like a happy, hopeful note, which I did really like. Yes.
1: Well, my friend, the time has come. I have to go get ready for a family thing. Okay. But thank you for chatting about this with me. Like. You can tell from our discussion we obviously enjoyed the book. It was it yes. was a very well written, a beautiful, sad story. It just took a little bit to get into. But Kate's Kate Morton's great. My mom loves her books. She only has like five books or something, and my mom's like, I need her to write another book. I told her to write her a letter. I was like, write Kate a letter and tell her please write another book.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, turn, but- well, what are what are we reviewing next week? Next week, we
1: are reviewing Aragon by Christopher Paolini. Christopher Paolini. I am three quarters of the way done. So I'm very close to being done. And I'm going to, as soon as I finish it, I'm going to watch the movie. So can that I we watch can watch it with you? Yeah, we can watch the movie together so that we can rip on the movie. Because from what I, so I, anyway, this is not important for this week, but. From what I remember in the movie, none of that, ma- none, that's not really anything that I've read in the book, so Pretty <laughs> I different. think we have another Percy Jackson series on our
0: hand. It's not quite um, as bad as Percy Jackson, but it, it's it's not great. It's not great. Okay. I'm
1: really excited to talk about it. Chelsea, okay. you're okay. amazing. All of our friends have a beautiful day. Be good. Make good choices. Be nice to people. We all just need to freaking be nice to each other. Gosh damn. Yeah yeah Come on. okay i'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week see ya
0: <laughs> okay bye guys